You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Bumpus looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Choby. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. The Seahawks getting ready to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Hawks lost the last four games, looking to get off the losing streak they're on, figure things out. Playoffs are still in reach, but it's going to take a lot against these Eagles bump. Monday Night Football, Lumen Field. But you guys are all in for a treat today because me and Bump have been putting our heads together trying to find a way to be positive, figure out a way the Seahawks are going to get this done. We got it. We got it figured out. We got the formula. So Yeah, we do. We're just giving you a nice little tease for the next half hour or so. You're going to hear everything you need to know about how the Seahawks can get this done and the weaknesses within the Eagles' defense. So stay tuned. It's going to be a real fun show, but let's waste no more time. What's on tap? What's on tap? Eagles 10 and 3, second place in the NFC East. They're tied with Dallas, but Dallas wins a tiebreaker because of a couple different things. I know they're one to one, but there's a separate tiebreaker. So they're technically in second place. This year they have wins over the Patriots, Vikings, Bucks, Commanders, Rams, Dolphins, Commanders again, Cowboys, Chiefs, and Bills. They have lost to the Jets, 49ers, and Cowboys. And here's the thing about them. They, while they have a great record, they went to the Super Bowl, did all those things. Bump, they've kind of got smacked the last two weeks. Yeah, it's been a it's been a different story for these guys. Now you still respect them, right? Because they're ten and of three. Course. They got some weapons. Uh, but the other day, last weekend, it was a it was a highly anticipated uh, rematch, right? They uh, in week nine, the Eagles took down the Cowboys twenty eight to twenty three, thrilling fashion, ending with a red zone stop for the Eagles. Everybody's hyped up. But uh, it was a little different this time around. The Cowboys controlled the game from start to finish. Cowboys jumped up to a 24-6 lead. Uh, the only touchdown scored by the Eagles came from a fumble recovery by Jalen Carter. Familiar name at this sure point is. of the season. I still like Witherspoon over Jalen Carter. But uh, it was interesting seeing him uh, make a big play there. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jalen Carter a little bit just throughout the week, I'm sure, just because of all the – everyone kind of wanted Jalen Carter to be a Seahawk. Obviously – Devin Witherspoon has gone above and beyond, and that is not a conversation at all. Nobody, and hear me when I say that, is suggesting that at all because we know how good Witherspoon is. But Carter is a guy that a lot of people from Seattle spend a lot of time looking up. So it'll be interesting to watch him. I'm with you, Bump. I hope that he still can get rookie of the year. But, you know, it's a, it's an East Coast bias thing, right? Guy plays in Philly, yeah. plays for the Eagles. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be hard. But uh, the rest of that game, Bump, it was close. Um. Well, it wasn't close, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> it was close in total yards and stuff like that, but the biggest difference was turnovers. Eagles turned the ball over three times, Cowboys just once. Dak, 271, two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb, 71 yards, a touchdown. And then Jalen Hurts, he was okay, 18 of 27, 197 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but did fumble once. So, Bump, I don't know, when you look at that game, does that give you confidence for the Seahawks? Yeah, I do. Um, I look at that game and you see that the Eagles aren't firing on all cylinders right now. Now they still hold a lot of potential, right? You still see Jalen and AJ, and we're gonna talk about 
those guys. But after looking at the last two weeks, you played two common opponents, right? They played the Niners and the Cowboys, and the Hawks played the Niners and the Cowboys. And they played the Cowboys tough, and they played the Niners tougher than what the numbers tell you. There are times yeah. where these guys could have taken over. But, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Let's get into some numbers in this matchup, though. The head-to-head, I'll talk about the offense, right? Offensively, the Eagles are ranked number eighth overall. They're eighth when it comes to running the ball. They average 124 yards on the ground. They're 13th when it comes to passing the ball. They average 234 yards on the ground. And they're sixth when it comes to points per game. They're averaging about 26 per game. Now on the Hawks side, they're 20th overall, 28th rushing, 15th passing, and 17th when it comes to points. Once again, it's not a surprise. You look at the offensive numbers, and the team they're playing this week has the advantage. Yeah, they look good on offense, you know, all the weapons that we're about to get into and, and man up, they're they're very talented. They went to Super Bowl for a reason. Santorini's got his boys playing well. But then you look at this defense, Bump. You look at this defense, and it makes me feel good, not because the Seahawks are 28th in the NFL or because they're 23rd in run defense or 25th against the pass or 27th in points allowed. It's about the Eagles. If you're looking for a way to, to find something to be positive about, this is what I'm talking about. This is one of those moments to pay attention. The Eagles. They're 10-3 on the season, went to the Super Bowl last year. They're a great team. Total defense this year, they're 22nd, so nothing to write home about. Give up 353 yards per game. They're 6th against the run, which is pretty dang good, but we'll get into that later as there might be a little creak in that. Pass defense, they're 28th. They're giving up almost 260 yards per game. And points allowed, they're also 28th, giving up 24 points per game. So I look at those numbers and I go, that's not the San Francisco 49ers. That's no. not the Dallas Cowboys. That's not the Baltimore Ravens. That's not the Cleveland Browns. Those aren't teams that this Seahawks team has been facing week after week after week after week. And I'm not saying the the Eagles are bad. They got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. But if you're looking for a place to exploit them and a place where I really do feel like the Seahawks, if they do what they're supposed to do, can have an advantage, it's against that defense. Yeah, look at the defense. And I go, look, there's some holes over there, man. They're not great against the pass. Um, They're pretty good against the run, right? Number six overall. Uh, they give up a lot of points, 28th overall when it comes to points. The Hawks are 27. So I look at the way this offense has been performing with two different quarterbacks. We look at Drew Locke and the work that he did last week against the Niners. Pretty good job there. You look at Geno the week before against the Cowboys. He did his thing. So we're expecting to see Geno. Um, I'm throw that out there. But if you don't see Geno, Drew Locke has shown that he can do enough against a good defense last week. Um, to keep a team in the game. So I would be optimistic if he were the starter going into this week. Yeah, no question. I think I totally agree with you 100%. This team can exploit some matchups. With it. it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. And the last thing I'll say about the head-to-head is the Eagles are minus four, Seahawks are plus one. It comes to turnover differential. So the Eagles, again, you think, for me, I think of a super team, I think they would be so much farther than that. They're tied for 21st in turnover differential. So another thing to keep your eye out on, Another thing we should talk about is the history between these two ball clubs, which has really favored the Seahawks the last couple of years. Let's know the history. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 11-7 during the regular season and 1-0 in the postseason. But the Seahawks have won the last seven games, including the playoffs. So I like that. Last time these two teams linked up, it was during the 2020 COVID season. Seahawks beating the Eagles 23-17. And the game really wasn't as close to the final score. The Seahawks never trailed in that game. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Then they were up 23-9 late in the fourth quarter. Eagles managed to score a garbage time touchdown and make it 23-17. But the game wasn't that close. And I remember DK still on the show. He had 10 receptions, 177 yards. And now it's his career high in yardage. 
Also the third most reception he's had in his career. And I remember that game. I remember we were doing the postgame show and we talked about it because I feel like he had a couple of drops in that game. He could have gone for yeah. 250 mm-hmm. or something insane. But he balled out. Chris Carson had a decent day. Um, Metcalf against the Eagles in the history. He's got two games. He played three games against the Eagles, and two of those he's gone well over 100 yards. So I like seeing that. Our guy KJ Wright had a nice day. Five tackles, one sack, two TFLs, one pass defended, and one QB hit. And then the Hawks really got off to Carson Wentz. This was kind of the beginning of the end for Carson in Philly. He went 25 of 45, 215, two touchdowns, one INT, and sacked six times. So Seahawks are hoping to keep the good times rolling against the Eagles this Monday night. But let's check in with the rest of the division. What's the word? And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? All right, let's take a look at the NFC West. Uh, so far, the San Francisco 49ers lead the charge. They are 10 and 3. The Rams have been playing some good ball as of late. We'll talk about that. They are 6 and 7. Your Seattle Seahawks are 6 and 7. And at the bottom, we got the Cardinals at 3 and 10. But let's focus on the Rams for a little bit, man. The best thing that happened for the Seahawks last weekend was the game between the Rams and the Ravens. We need the Rams to lose as many games as possible because they hold the tiebreaker when it comes to getting into the playoffs. It's going to be a tight race, all right? Um, it was a wild back and forth game. We saw the Rams kick a game time field goal at the end of regulation, making the score 31 to 31, and they forced overtime. In overtime, uh, the Rams forced the Ravens to punt on the opening possessions. The Ravens would then return the favor by forcing the Rams to punt. But on the punt return, we saw something we don't see very much in the NFL anymore. We had Mr. Wallace take the punt bat 76 yards for the game-winning touchdown. Wallace became the fourth player in NFL history to score a touchdown on a punt return in OT. Was the Deshaun Jackson against uh, the Giants punt, was that OT or was that just Uh, I think that sealed the game. I think that was the end of the fourth quarter. I think it was like 20 seconds left in the game, yeah. When I think of game-winning returns, that's where my mind goes to one of of the greatest to do it, Deshaun Jackson. Um... It was uh, not the game we expected. We thought the Ravens were going to get her done. You saw what they did to the Seattle Seahawks, right? But uh, Lamar Jackson was 24-43 for 316 yards and three touchdowns, one interception. He also had 70 yards on 11 carries. Uh, You got OBJ, Isaiah Likely, and Zay Flowers each caught touchdowns. For the Rams, you have Matthew Stafford, who does what he does. He was 23 of 41 for 294 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And the young running back from Notre Dame over there, Kyron Williams, had 114 yards on 25 carries. Cooper Cup led all receivers with 115 yards and eight receptions and one touchdowns. Um, the Rams end the season with the Commanders, Saints, Giants, Niners. I see at least one loss in there. If I can pick another one, I can lean towards the commanders because you never know with Sam Howell. And then you got Tommy DeVito over there for the New Come York on, Giants baby. shaking things up. So that's, I might see three. You might call me crazy, but I see three losses over there, possibly. They're losing to the 49ers, even if the Niners yep. rest players at the end of the year. Um, but with the Niners, Cowboys, Eagles all fighting for that one seed, I don't think they'll have the opportunity to do that. Now, the commanders, like you said, you never know. We've we've played that team. They can, they can come up and get you if they want to play good football. The Saints, I, you never know either. They came there up and down. And the Giants, DeVito, man, he just helped us out beating DeVito. the Packers. So, I, mean, DeVito. I mean, he's out there. They're handing out cutlets. You know, he's living at his mom's house. His agent looks like he's out of a movie or something. Some real <laughs> New York stuff right there. But, uh, no, I, I feel good about it. And here's the thing, Seahawks fans. We got to be scoreboard watching from here on out. Yep. 
So we're, yeah. we're rooting against just, just so we're all clear, everybody. Essentially, we're rooting against everyone in the NFC, but we're rooting against the Vikings. We're rooting against the Rams. We're rooting yep. against everyone in the NFC South. So just be scoreboard watching. We'll, we'll keep you, you know, we'll keep you in check on everything you need to know about that. But that's the word in the West. Let's flip it back to the team. Seahawks are playing these Philadelphia Eagles man up. Hey, who man's is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. Bump, I'll let you get into Jalen Hurts here in a second, but I wanted to share some interesting things that I found about this Eagles team. I've been grinding the numbers. I've been in the lab trying to find any advantage I think the Seahawks fans could have beyond the naked eye that we've seen the last couple weeks. So here's a couple things that stood out to me. First off, there's only five teams with a winning records in the NFC. That's wild That's to wild. me. Like, mm-hmm. Anyway, so of those five teams, you got San Fran, Dallas, Detroit, Minnesota, and Philly. Of those teams, Philly has the worst point differential. You got San Fran, 100 plus 175, Dallas plus 188, Detroit plus 26, Minnesota plus 24. Philly only plus 21. Okay, well, what does that mean? What that means is they got the sixth best scoring offense, but the 28th best scoring defense at 24 points per game. That means they play close games. Of their 10 wins, only three of them have been decided by more than a score. So that tells you they're not just out here blowing people out. They play close games, and even they've had trouble with the commanders. They've had trouble with teams that other people would perceive as not very good. They've also trailed at halftime in the last six games. And this is what really shocked me, Bump. I had to check this about four or five times because I thought I was crazy. Philly is the worst in the NFL on third down. Opponents are converting 48% 48% of the time. That, Love to hear it. I mean, I, at that point, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I lost words. I mean, the Seahawks have struggled on third down and the Seahawks are better than that. And then also when you get in the red zone against the Eagles, you are scoring 70% of the times, not just scoring, you're scoring touchdowns 70% of the time. That's the third worst in the NFL. So that's what I'm talking about. Seahawks fans. If you're looking for something to hang your hat on, it's some of those numbers I just dropped there because I truly think these are some of the ways the Seahawks can get this done. Yeah, I saw all these stats and I go, are we just being brainwashed by the media? Is the media <laughs> making us believe that Philly is better than what they are? Now, 10 and 3, respect. But uh, there's some holes in the game, man. But let's talk about a guy who doesn't really have holes in his game because all he does is win. It's uh, Jalen Hurts. That's the first matchup. Now, this guy, when the Eagles have him in the regular season in their lineup they are 24 and 4 all right he has a mm-hmm. winning percentage of 0.744 that's about 74 percent man he is up 32 and 11 since 2021 he's th- that's the best amongst qbs in that spam um 2022 was a great year for the eagles and, and really this guy jalen hurts he finished second in mvp voting third in offensive player of the year voting he was a pro pro bowler and a two-time all pro qb uh not to mention Help lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl. They lost a close one to the Chiefs, though. Uh, he's continued to play well uh, this year, right? He's uh, 286 for 430, 3,192 yards. His completion percentage is 66.5. He has 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and we all know he can carry the rock. 126 carries for 460 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, Jalen is a special type of player. 
and he's even a better leader. There's not too many guys where I hear them talk. I kind of lock in and be like, I'm, I'm hanging off of everything he's saying. Yeah. Um, Jalen kind of has that presence, man. Amongst ever, all the other quarterbacks in the league, he's 12th in completion percentage, 10th in yards, 12th in yards per game, 9th in QB rating, 9th in QBR, and uh, tied for second in rushing touchdowns. Uh, Jalen, he's also second in NFL with 31 total touchdowns, only trailing Josh Allen. I feel like this is like the new quarterback, man. It's, if you ain't yeah. mobile, you don't stand a chance in this league. Even Sam Howell is mobile. Even uh, Tommy DeVito is mobile. There's there's not too many guys who are just going to stand there. Even yeah. Justin Herbert is mobile. But yeah. uh, when it comes to really getting it done, he might be the best in the game right now, him and Lamar. Yeah, I mean – I wasn't sure. I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts at Alabama, how he handled everything with Tua Tungabailoa. I liked him at Oklahoma. I liked him when the Eagles took a shot on him, and everyone was kind of like, I don't know if this guy's got it. Right. They, I think they went to the wild card playoffs and lost to Tom Brady that first year, and then he's figured it out since then. So I've always been rooting for him, and he just shows up. I mean, he does it on the field, and I, he the numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? It's another year where he's going to be in the MVP vote. He's going to be in, right up in that conversation. And it'll be really decided the last couple of weeks how he responds the next couple of games. So wish him the best of luck. Not this weekend. Not this Monday night, I'll tell you that. No, not chill this week. I, I, I root for him. And I hope I hope the Seahawks can, can figure it out defensively because they've struggled as of late. Gave up 527 yards to the 49ers, which is the most yards allowed since week 12 last year against the Raiders. The Hawks are 1-4 this season in games where they allow more than 400 yards. 28th in total defense, 25th against the pass. So. Seahawks are going to have their work cut out for him. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. But, you know, if they stay fundamental and, and do things that they know they can do, I think they can slow him down. Looking at our quarterbacks, Geno Smith, Drew Locke, taking on this Eagles defense. We know Geno missed last week. He's been the starter, you know, for a year and, and some change. Geno didn't miss a snap at all last season, which just is something that we were kind of spoiled by, even with Russ here all those years of guys not getting hurt, and it's hard to be that durable in the NFL. Things happen. He tweaked his knee at some point this year. He got hit on the elbow, and then finally with the groin, he just wasn't able to do it. And I keep hearing stuff. Sorry, I just slight tangent here. I've been hearing all week <laughs> stuff, all these conspiracy theories. What are you talking about? Geno Smith hurt his groin. That's why he didn't play. <laughs> it just I, I've heard some really bad takes, Bump. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, Gino hurt his groin. There's no conspiracy theory. He hurt his groin. He's busting his you-know-what to get back and play this week. But that's why he didn't play against the 49ers. Drew Locke, he played. He did some good things, did some bad things. You know, that's it, a really tough task to play against a team like that. You know, he got a couple days of practice getting number one reps, but that's a hard team to get thrown into. He was 22-31, 269, two touchdowns, also threw two interceptions, was sacked four times. We know Geno Smith can do. We know where he's at. His numbers are slightly down from 2022. But, you know, he's we've seen what he can do. It's really disappointing to see this injury pop up, especially how Geno played against the Cowboys. So assuming Geno can get a, you know, an extra day to rest, I'm really hoping he's back in the lineup. And like we alluded to earlier, it's great because the Seahawks aren't facing an elite defense. They're facing a defense that is below average. If you took the Eagles off their name, you would say bad things about this defense, but it is what it is. 22nd total defense, 28th against the pass, 6th against the run, 28th in points allowed, 12th with sacks. So I'm really rooting for Geno. Obviously, I think the Seahawks could win with either quarterback, but I have a good feeling that Geno's going to be back, and if he is back, you know, he can really attack this Eagles defense. Yeah, looking forward to Geno. Hope he's ready to go. Uh, a matchup that I think 
deserves more respect than it's probably going to get is DeAndre Swift against the Seahawks front seven. My man is uh, he's with his first year with the Eagles, and he's balling. He's from the area, went to high school um, in the area back in 2016. He's 40 yards away from setting a career high with uh, yards from scrimmage. Now, he's already got a career high in rushing, 882. The previous high was 617 back in 2021. Um, he is a player that is explosive and violent with his shifts. Like, there's some running backs who are smooth with the way that he runs. He's got a little bit of that in him. But when he puts his foot in the ground and he makes that slight move, man, it's violent. And uh, it's fun to watch, honestly. I just don't want it to be fun this week. Uh, He's one of only six NFL running backs to produce 875-plus scrimmage yards and seven-plus touchdowns in each of his last three seasons. I'm talking about Nick Chubb did it. uh, Ezekiel Elliott did it. Derrick Henry has done it. Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, all greats, right? Like I mentioned, this season, 822 yards, four touchdowns. But he also has 36 receptions for 208 yards and one touchdown. The last three games, the Seahawks have allowed an average of 159 yards per game on the ground. It doesn't help that two of the last three of the games came against the 49ers, best running back in the game, statistically, is on that team, and he's on the league's third rushing offense. So, yes, they've given up a bunch of yards. Yes, you're going up against Swift, but um, the last three games can kind of, those numbers are skewed a little bit. I'm not saying that, DeAndre Swift isn't capable of going off and having a day. I'm just saying he ain't Christian McCaffrey. Yes, he's special. He's having a career year, but um, he can be contained for a game or two. Yeah, he's a, we knew he was good in Detroit for sure, but he was always kind of splitting carries. He was never really the guy in Detroit. So it's interesting to see him get those kind of carries. And he's on a team with a quarterback that runs the ball a ton. Mm -hmm. So that's even more carries, you know, he's not getting, but so interesting to see what he can do. He's obviously playing really good football. Now when you flip it over to the receiver core, man, doesn't get any easier for the Seahawks. You were just no. messing around with Debo and Ayuk and the guys that they got over there. Now you got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. They're really good. A.J. Brown, former teammate of D.K. Metcalf over there at Ole Miss, picked up right where we left off last year. 2022, he set career highs and yards and touchdowns, and he's right back on pace to be doing that again. Last year, he was second-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler for the second time. This season, he's got 1,258 receiving yards, which is second in the NFL, only behind Tyree Kill, who's having an unbelievable season. He's also fifth in the league when it comes to receptions. Only player in Eagles history to have 1,200 yards in back-to-back seasons, which is saying a lot. A lot of guys have played there, including the guys like T.O. and whatnot. So on the year, he's having a good season. Now, next to him, we got Devonta Smith, the former Heisman Trophy winner from 2021, 10th overall pick. He was the first receiver to win the Heisman since Desmond Howard in 1991 when he won it. He's six foot, 175 pounds. <laughs> yeah, right. Bump. I don't believe that for a <laughs> minute. But that's what the roster says. So that's what I read to y'all. Um, but he's been nothing but productive too. 3,000 yards in just 47 games in his career. 93 yards shy of his second straight 1,000 yard season, dating back to Week Eight. He ranks eighth in the NFL with a team leading 524 yards and four touchdowns on the year. 907 yards, six touchdowns on 69 receptions. So we'll see. I'm really hoping Devin Witherspoon is back. It seems like throughout the week that's what we're hearing, that he's going to be a lot closer to playing. He's third in the NFL with 16 passes defended, only one game where he doesn't have one of those. Like I said, I hope he can bounce back from a hit pointer because the Seahawks really need him, and I feel like it changed when he was not in the ball game. So between him, Trey Brown, Reek Woolen, they're going to have their hands full, and they got to keep guys in front of them, plain and simple. 
Fundamental defense is what I'm looking for. Let's talk about our receivers, though. Man, you got DK, Tyler Lockett, and JSN against this secondary, man. This should be in the Seahawks' favor, honestly, especially when you see what DK's done the last five games. In the last five games, he's got 23 receptions, 410 yards, and five touchdowns. Touchdowns. He's also caught a touchdown in three of the last four games. The last time DK lined up against the Eagles, we remember that. 10 receptions, 177 yards. That's his career high in the third most receptions he's had in his career. Metcalf has gone over 100 yards two of the last three games. So he's in a nice little groove right now. And he's 36 yards to become the third player in NFL history to reach 50 receptions, 900 yards, and five touchdowns in each of his first five seasons. Who are we talking about? Randy Moss and A.J. Green. That's nuts. Um, he also needs 136 yards for back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. I can almost guarantee he's going to get that on the year. 51 receptions, 864 yards, and seven touchdowns. Tyler Lockett has come off a good game. He was the most consistent receiver we had last game. Six receptions for 89 yards, including two big da- big third-down conversions. The only third-down conversions the Hawks had last game. You can always count on Tyler Lockett. Um He's on the verge of history, too, man. Uh, and he doesn't have to do anything crazy to accomplish that. He needs two receptions to become the second player in franchise history and 94th player in NFL history to reach 600 career receptions. He needs one touchdown to pass Kurt Warner on fourth place on Seattle's all-touchdown list with 63. And he needs one 100-yard game to tie Daryl Jackson for second place for the most 100-yard games in Seattle history with 19 on the year. He's got 65 receptions, 711 yards, and four touchdowns. Um... Defending DK and Tyler, you got Darius Slay, who's a baller, and James Bradbury, who we used to go up against, I believe, when he was with the Giants. Um, uh, Slay's in his 11th season, but don't sleep on him. Uh, he's been named the Pro Pro Bowl five times and uh, was first-team All-Pro in 2017. He's got 14 passes defended, two interceptions, and one TFL. Bradbury on the other side, he's in his eighth NFL season with uh, – and second with Philly, made the Pro Bowl in 2020. His stats this year, 11 passes defended, one interception. Now, you got those two guys on the back end, and they're ballers, but as a team, um, they're not very good when it comes to defending the pass. So I expect these guys to have a day. Tyler, DK, JSM, ride the wave of last week and improve on it, man, because we saw DK be explosive. We saw Tyler Lockett be consistent, and we saw JSN get more involved in this offense with how they're using them. So I like where they are when it comes to using their weapons on the outside. Yeah, you said it. This is a match of the Seahawks to win. I wholeheartedly believe that. They're playing well. It's something they can exploit. And, um, yeah, we got to see it happen. Let's make plays. Make plays on Monday night. Now, another matchup we want to can't pass up here is the Eagles front seven taking on Seahawks running backs. That's Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. Now, this is this is an interesting facet of the game right now because I remember earlier we talked about the Eagles. They don't have the greatest defensive numbers, but they stopped the run. They're sixth in the NFL in that category in line with just 94 yards per game. But when you dive a little deeper into those numbers, they've really struggled as of late. In the last four games, they've allowed 625 yards rushing. That's good for 156 yards per game. Okay. They gave 168 to Kansas City, 173 to Buffalo, 146 to San Francisco, 138 to Dallas. So are those good teams, Bump? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. But Kansas City, that's not what they do. They're not known for running the football. Nope. Buffalo, they're, they have decent numbers because their quarterback does well. But that's not what they do. San Francisco, yeah, we get it. We've seen that. 
been there. We we got you on that. <laughs> we, that. we feel you on that. <laughs> and then Dallas too. I mean, so all I'm saying is again, they stopped the run well, but where they're playing right now as of today, they aren't stopping the run very well. And the other weird thing too is they haven't had one they haven't allowed one person to go over 100 yards yet. So they're getting hurt by committee in these games. Josh Allen, I mentioned Buffalo, he ran for 81 yards against them a couple weeks ago. And I go, okay, he had a 50-yarder for sure. You know what I mean? Or something like that. And then I go, no, his longest carry was 19 yards. Nine carries for 81 yards. So there's something there. There's something to be had. So, hey, I'm hoping Geno's groin is, is Gucci because there's something that you can exploit there. But So they're, they're, they're not, they're not um, playing well in the run game as of late, which makes me come to the Seahawks. The Seahawks aren't haven't really run the ball well most of this year and haven't had a hundred yard rusher since the Commanders. And Bob I'll just lay it out straight. This is what it is. Seahawks run for a hundred yard as a team. They're five and zero. Oh. When they don't, they're one and seven. Interesting. When you hear those numbers, what do you was it, what comes to mind, man? They're five and zero oh when they rush for hundred yards, not one hundred fifty, yeah. not one hundred eighty. It's hundred yards, and they're one and seven when they don't. I hear that number. I, it tells me that one Gino is one of the best in the game when it comes to play action. Yep, he is the most accurate when he can fake the football to the running backs and let it go. Also, what that does is those linebackers bite up when you are running the football effectively. They respect the run. They bite up lanes open on the back end. So what that means to me is that you are going to have to challenge this team. I know they are good against the run. They are actually. Uh, number six against the rim, allowing 94 yards per game. All right, get them six, six, six to 10 yards over their average, and you're yeah. good to go. So I think that there's another nugget, Bass. Right? They're not good in the red zone. Uh, their third down defense is suspect. Um, their point differential is bad. And all the Hawks have to do is rush for 100 yards. Bada bing, bada boom. Big ups to Tommy DeVito, and we got this. Hey, perfect transition. Let's tell Margo win this game. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Bob just started getting you guys right of how the Seahawks are going to win this game. This is game four of four of this gauntlet for the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are essentially in playoff mode right now. I think it starts Monday night. If they lose on Monday, they are not eliminated from the playoffs. So I want to make that very clear. But things just get really hard because, number one, this is an NFC game. The Seahawks only have two games against the NFC the rest of the way. So the second tiebreaker after head-to-head, a lot of times it's conference record. So that's another thing that's going to really hurt the Seahawks if they drop this one. So essentially, the Seahawks can really put themselves in a great position with a win on Monday night against the Eagles in the NFC, jump out to, uh, you know, even up your record, and now you have a real chance. But the Seahawks need to play with urgency, man. They need to play like this is a playoff game. They need to play like... There's nothing else they can do, and there is no tomorrow. And I think they can at Lumen Field under the lights. It's going to be a great show, but they got to play with that desperation. You feel me, Bunk? Yeah, they got to they got to come out hot, ready to go. Use the prime time lights to get you going. Like I mentioned, is rush for 100 yards. You take advantage of this passing defense that's ranked 28th in the league. I'm talking about Philly. You be good on third downs. There are some common things when it comes to playing some good football, and those are always going to be out there, the, the stats I just mentioned. And then on defense, just get some stops and avoid the big play as much as possible. San Francisco had 365 yards on 10 plays last week. 10 plays, 365 mm. yards. You do the math. It's pretty easy. I just don't feel like doing it. Don't allow the big play. 
Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's that's too much. It's it's too much. And this Seahawks team is better than that. I know they're better than that. I think they're going to get a chance to show it under the lights with their backs against the wall. And uh, if you want to win this game, don't get in third and one. Let's not just mess. Let's just let's just take that <laughs> off the table. I don't need to see no brotherly shove, whatever yeah. they want to be calling it. Don't need to see it. But that. this Seahawks team has everything in front of them, everything to play for. Pete Carroll teams respond in these situations, and I feel very good about Monday night. Reminder, guys, thanks for listening. You can catch us anywhere, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Sirius XM, and more. Don't forget, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to rate us five stars. We appreciate everyone who listens there. He's Michael Bumbus. I'm Nasser Trophy. This has been another edition of Hawk Talk. And if you leave with anything today, leave with the fact that the Seahawks have a chance and they're going to exploit that Eagles defense. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully, Battle Seahawks win. This has been Hawk Talk. Thank you.